0: Attention, armchair quarterbacks and shower thought GMs. It's time for this week's episode of Sports Ball with Mike Maherin and Alan Mosley. Did I tell you that uh, my driver Kyle Busch managed to make it into the playoff finals? No, he did. Yes, he did. So little, well, little NASCAR for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, you can go ahead and follow that under Who Gives a Shit.
0: <laughs> okay. Bring it out after an episode.
1: Welcome back to Sports Ball. I am your host Alan Mosley, joined as always by my co-host Mike Meharry. Mike, how are you doing?
0: It's my favorite day of the week. It's Sports Ball Day.
1: Oh, I know. And, and you know what? The the drizzly, cold rain and the doldrums of the rest of the work week and and, and Monday nights. Uh, Uh, i don't i don't even know what words describe it uh san francisco and new york giants uh gargantuan you know slam fest those cannot ruin sports ball day
0: no nothing can ruin sports doll
1: sports doll that's what
0: we need we need a sports doll yeah Get your sports doll i'll ask my wife if she'll be the sports doll i can already tell you that that will be an emphatic no Well, it's getting to be
1: Christmas. We could make like little Nutcracker Mike Meharry's and Alan (laughs) Mosley's and sell them.
0: I think that's a good idea.
1: I actually don't think (laughs) it's a terrible idea. Let's come back. Write that down in
0: your notes. Right. All right. So, So,
1: Mike, what do you remember from last week without really looking?
0: Well, I remember that I was on the beach and I sunburned my head. So I didn't actually watch a lot of sports this past week because i was in florida enjoying the beautiful weather but i do remember that alabama is still good and i remember that i should not have questioned alabama's defense because the tide is uh now has back-to-back shutouts against sec opponents uh, nonetheless and i also remember that nashville predators goalie pecorino made the craziest save of the year so far i don't know if uh, anybody's seen the video i'll put the video in our show notes Uh, he actually reached behind his head and blockered the puck so he like knocked it behind him uh which some people might watch that and say it was pure luck but if you watch his head he was tracking that puck the whole time and it was like a deflection that popped up it was it was just a sick save and that's just indicative of how he's playing so he was on injured reserve he came back against the lightning uh, about a week ago since coming back off of ir he's posted a 0.976 save percentage which is insane just to put that in perspective, a .920 save percentage is uh, solid, like upper mm-hmm. echelon. Last year, uh, Rene won the Vesna, and his uh, season goals against was .927. So he's in .976. He's given up three goals in four games. So the dude is playing out of his mind. And uh, when you have a goalie that's playing that well uh, behind a team that is good as Nashville, that – it's going to lead to a lot of wins.
1: Yeah, I could see that. You know, I told you before we started, though, that, you know, my, my goal save percentage is 1.0 or zero. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm going with zero. <laughs> <laughs> you,
1: you damn statist. So that's the problem with statistics. You just make them say whatever you want. That's right. I, I do. I do want to point out, though, that uh, while you are correct to say that uh, no one should call out Alabama's defense, I think it's worthy of mention that you know the only team to score more than 20 points on Alabama in almost two months is the Tennessee Volunteers.
0: Yes, the, the, the suddenly <laughs> the suddenly mighty Tennessee Volunteers who yes. who are on the cusp of going to a bowl game after yes. demolishing the University of Kentucky. Uh, in, my mom, in, uh, my mom wanted to watch that game, so we did. And uh, yeah, that was not good. If you're a UK fan, delusional UK fan died of alcohol poisoning over the weekend.
1: Yeah, well, it's understandable at this point. Well, considering that they they switched over to the basketball season, and then
0: uh, <laughs> and then it got crushed by Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, So, I mean, at this point,
1: there's there's just nowhere else to turn. I don't know how much longer it is until uh, college baseball or how good (laughs) Kentucky is. But uh,
0: they've been they've actually been solid in the world of college baseball over the last few years. So, well, there you go. go. Wait till baseball season.
1: Yeah. Wait till baseball season. So I want to point out a couple of quick ones. So even though we have the meme that every team is good – and that meme comes from the fact that we went we went pretty decent ways into every major sports season without having really clear-cut good and bad teams because there was just so much – you know sinking back to the mean right. but we're really starting to see it now so we're 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 a couple of weeks away from the end of the college football regular season and over halfway in NFL and and just to go to show you that point so th- so last week this past week the AP top 10 in college football went 10 and 0 yep they did so, it, I mean, we're I, – I feel like it's pretty safe to say that we're reaching a point where uh, that, that's going to be commonplace. And I think the season's pretty much wrapped up at this point until we reach uh, the conference championship games. Uh, at, to your point, so yes, the University of Tennessee decided that week 11 is when you put the rest of the of conference uh, on notice. <laughs> the volunteers are back. Yes, As they week
0: are. 11,
1: The week 11 of the football season can you believe it's it's so funny what a what a win will do for confidence so this was a team that i i would say pretty much across the board nobody thought that they had any chance of going to a bowl game unless um, due to the fact that there's so many bowl games they needed a five and seven team uh, which i don't think you should accept a ball at 5 and 7 but that being think you think you should there,
0: have a ball at 6 and 6 but that's just,
1: I, well I'd, yeah i don't either but they have like 800 ball games so they got to fill
0: so, them yeah, somehow that's true
1: did you know i mean could you did you think say 3 weeks ago that there was a chance that Tennessee could be 7 and 5 and then go to a ball game to finish the season 8 and 5
0: well no but Let's be honest. I don't really pay much attention to what's going on with Tennessee, so uh, you know I'm not a good judge of that. But listening to you, I would have been. I'm surprised that they've won any games.
1: (laughs) Well. I mean, it wasn't even a week ago that they only scored one offensive touchdown against Charlotte, yeah, but they true. scored three offensive touchdowns against the mighty defense of uh, of Kentucky. Sure, so yeah. there is that. One other last thing I want to point out. We actually saw history in the making this past Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers gained 167 yards of offense per point scored.
0: How do you even do that? 500. 500- plus yards yes. of offense, and you score one field goal. Yes. That's it's, that's either amazingly amazing or just amazingly awful, depending on how you look at it.
1: I think it was a combination. They had a couple of turnovers, which obviously doesn't help, but that still doesn't quite add up. Well, uh, I think they also missed a couple of field goals. Yeah, Is that- Ken, old, yeah, old
0: Ken Canzaro missed two more field goals, and he's now uh, looking for a new job. They let him, they cut him loose.
1: I do, I do want to say, by the way, if you have an, if you're losing a game that is a low scoring game to the likes of the Redskins, but you are racking up as many as 500 yards on offense, then why are you settling for kicks anyway?
0: Well, yeah, that thought went through my head and I didn't watch this debacle. Instead, I watched the Jacksonville Jaguars debacle, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch Bortles Bortle it up again. But um, yeah, that thought went through my head too. I, I'm I'm almost certain that this was yet another example of a cowardly coach coaching cowardly, uh, trying to, I guess, do anything to make himself look good so that he has a job at the end of the year. Which I don't think, I don't think he's going to. But
1: I uh, yeah, I think uh, I think if he has a job by this time next season, it'll be as a positions coach for some other team. Yeah, uh, but. Since we were since we were talking, you know, we have to take the moment to celebrate when we can because of the big wins from this past week for Tennessee. So I'm going to give you a quick a quick preview into the week of a life of a Tennessee sports fan. Not not just any week, mind you, just this past week, because any week other than this past week would not have been as good. Memphis Grizzlies erased two double-digit deficits to beat the 76ers in overtime, 112-106, on the heels of an 89-87 win over the Denver Nuggets. Not to be outdone, the Nashville Predators got up to a 5-win win -win streak and are atop of the NHL standings with a 4-1 win at the Colorado Avalanche, followed by scoring three goals in the third period en route to forcing overtime against the Dallas Stars and winning 5-4. Not to be outdone. Tennessee Volunteers Football dominate rival number 11, Kentucky Wildcats, 24-7. to They are in position for a potential bowl under first-year head coach Jeremy Pruitt. I want to say real quick, even though Tennessee has looked more bad than good for most of the season, they do somehow have two ranked wins. That's so weird. Anyway, UT men's basketball begins the season 2 and 0, averaging 86 points a game on offense, 56 on defense and are now currently ranked 5th in the nation. Women's basketball had a season opener win of 97 to 49 and the Tennessee Titans score 34 points and shut out the 77 and 2 Patriots in the second half to win by 24, while forcing Tom Brady to the bench with over 7 minutes left in the game. It was beautiful to watch Tom Brady sitting on the bench with over seven minutes left because there was a hopeless defeat.
0: Yeah, th- that makes me happy. But as for all of the rest of that, I think I probably reflect the sentiments of the rest of our sports ball audience. Who the hell cares? Uh,
1: you know what? People who love sports victories care. I, you know what? I'm actually going to say that the... I'm going to say that the Tennessee Titans should be the new America's team, just for no reason at all that they beat the Patriots.
0: I, You know, I'm down with that. I really am. <laughs> you, I, when, you, uh, when you texted me that the Titans were up on the New England Patriots, I, uh, I actually let out an audible cheer. Um, that's how much I hate New England.
1: I think the rest of the country uh, cheers alongside you. It, pretty much everyone outside of Boston agrees. Right.
0: Yeah, and and the the handful of bandwagoners who jumped on there when they were like ten. Yeah,
1: exactly right. So so fan, fans who, I, I I've said this before. I'll say it again. I I really don't have a problem with someone saying, "Oh, I'm a what? I'm a Yankees fan. Oh, I'm a Patriots fan. Whatever the case may be," but I I can't help but notice what age they are. Because if they're someone who basically has lived such a enchanted life that their quote unquote favorite team has been at the very least a serious contender for basically their entire adult life, then I kind of,
0: I kind of don't believe them. Yeah, but you know, some of those people are going to have an ugly wake up call in the next few years. I have a feeling.
1: I I, I agree. I'll tell you who else needs an ugly wake up call. I'm. We're going to settle this debate once and for all in this episode can a college team beat a professional team?
0: No, that's retarded.
1: <laughs> no, it's retarded, but let's 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 look at a little bit of the data just so that we can say that we discussed it. Okay. There are people out there that believe. So, keep in mind the men's basketball season's really young, but if Alabama football right now is the best team in college football, I think we'd both agree on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I would argue that Duke basketball is is the best men's basketball team right now with what little data we have to go by.
0: I think that stands and,
1: out. And so their comparison, so the best of college versus the worst of pro. So most people would say that the worst of pro is the Buffalo Bills, but they actually just had a big win this past weekend. So I actually think it's the Raiders. I think the Raiders are the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. But but that being neither here nor there. So you have Raiders in the NFL and then the Cleveland Cavaliers. Imagine this, Mike. You take the Cleveland Cavaliers, subtract one LeBron James equals worst team in the NBA. Who would have thought it? <laughs> so so taking those particular matchups, could Alabama beat the Oakland Raiders? Could Duke basketball beat the Cavaliers? Believe it or not, there's actually a sports book. Now, of course, these games will never be played for injury and insurance reasons and all that. Right. But there's actually a sports book that's doing little fantasy uh, spreads of what the games would look like. Let's start with the football one. Tell me what you think about this. They say Alabama is a 28.5 point underdog to Oakland Raiders. Does that sound right to you? For a half. Okay, I agree a hundred percent, but I'm going to let you elaborate.
0: I just don't think that there's any way. I, I think people underestimate how good a professional team is, generic professional team versus generic college team, and they underestimate the differential between those those two groups of athletes, just in terms of strength, speed. I mean, you got to figure how many how many Division One college football teams are there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you, multi-
0: you then you multiply that by a hundred players per team, so you've got that many college players. Out of that pool of college players, you're creating 32 NFL teams. So just the you know the cream of the crop is what is at the NFL. Now, I played club college hockey, but we had a couple of guys on the team that were D1. So I I've, I've played with a D1 level player. And I played with an NHL player, and they ain't anywhere near close. <laughs> you know, it's not close. the The differential mm-hmm. in speed and and power, and and experience. I just think it's absurd to think that a, a, a pro team is going to lose now, especially in football where where it is so much of of a, of a strength and a team game. You might have a little bit better of a chance in a basketball game. Um, I, I, I could see it happening in basketball more than I could in football, but I don't really have any evidence for that. That's just coming off, off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, so one thing that I would point out is that – so obviously the professional team would have an advantage in maturity, right? Like even though these kids are really big kids, they're still very young. And and even rookie and sophomore seasons in the NFL, by and large, are not going to be anywhere the same quality of athlete as five-, six-year veterans, Right. So taking Alabama just as an example, Alabama actually set a record this past draft by having 12 players selected in the 2018 draft. Uh, I want to say that before that, it was something like seven or eight. So let's just say in a two-year stretch, if the best you can do is field your team with nothing but the equivalent of juniors and seniors in college – you're you're still looking at having at most 20 players on the absolute best college team in America that are upperclassmen that will one day play in the NFL. Well, the 53 man roster of the NFL team has 53 players who are NFL <laughs> right. who are NFL players. I mean by the by the legit definition. So you're you're asking your 20 upperclassmen to carry the load against a 53 man professional roster for 60 minutes. Um, and, and that's not even taking into account that of, of those hypothetical 20 ish players that are drafted, that they're probably nowhere near the player that day, that they will be potentially five, six years down the row with more in- professional experience and that they're not, you're not just talking about some role players and special teams guys. I mean, we're talking about guys who are going to have to line up in the trenches, who are going to have to throw the balls, catch the passes, make the runs against guys who have proven that they can play at that elite level. Um, uh, A story of mine, just real quick. uh, A buddy of mine was telling me he got to see uh, one of the preseason games that the Titans had. This was several years back, and LaDainian Tomlinson was still with the Chargers. And the Chargers, and of course, you know how they do. They only play the starters in the first half. And he was actually on the sideline that game, and he got to see LT. LaDainian Thomason play, and and they did a little, they did one of those little wheel routes out of, you know, he comes out of the flat, he catches a ball out in open space, he makes the first guy miss, and then he's going down the sideline. And my friend was saying, it's so weird to see a guy who even on a field with 21 other professional athletes, he makes most of them look like children. Can anyone on a college team compare to that?
0: Yeah. Just think about this, you know, you're talking about the the number of players drafted and, and just thinking about rookies, you know, how many fourth and fifth round draft picks actually end up playing regularly in their rookie season? You know, just a handful, if you're lucky. Just look at Ronald Jones, who was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers second round pick, you know, uh, stud running back. Hadn't done squat in the NFL, so you're taking the best of the best out of college, and a big chunk of them don't ever make it in the NFL. And yeah. again, like you said, you've got you've got fifty three men on a fifty three man roster that have made it in the NFL on uh, on any given pro team.
1: Yeah. Now, I think that basketball as a sport lends itself to be more likely for upsets. Uh, but with that said, we'll look at the basketball one real quick. Duke versus Cleveland Cavaliers. They, the, the, the. Uh, what is it? The Westgate Las Vegas sports book sets the Cavaliers at a twenty-two point five point favorites over Duke if they play this weekend. Uh, actually this is an interesting question. So I don't, I don't, and I don't know the answer to this. Are they talking about that they would play a college game or a pro game? Because I think if they play, I think if they play a pro game and Duke slows it way down and is absolutely lights out from the beyond the arc, they may only lose by 20 to 30 points. I think if it's a pro game, the Cavaliers cover that in a walk.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, just, you know, you talk about the maturity level. Um, you know, you imagine imagine a freshman point guard playing against an NBA team with that quick of a shot clock.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I know that there's people out there that would say that. Well, you know, but we've had, right? We've had like 19 year olds go to the NBA. You know, you have your Kobe Bryant's. Right. But that's literally like that's literally an example. That's not right. a team of examples. That's an example. Right. So unless, by unless far the outlier. Has, yeah. So unless Duke has five Kobe Bryant's and another three on the bench, it's just not a game.
0: I'm with you. I, I've always thought that that was just crazy when people talk about the. Oh, that college team would just uh, beat that horrible NFL team. You know, I mean, you look at the worst one of the worst NFL teams in in the National Football League. My Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they still rolled up 500 yards offense.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> against oh, the yeah. NFL defense. So,
1: oh yeah. So if if Tampa Bay with with Fitz Magic throwing. You know, fifty yard rainbows to uh, oh, god, his name just slipped my mind. The speedster receiver, Deshaun Jackson.
0: Deshaun Jackson, yeah.
1: Who who on who on Alabama's roster is going to cover Deshaun Jackson sixty yards down the field? Right. Nobody. Yeah. magic right, Well,
0: Fitzmagic is uh, is back for next week. By the way, if you hadn't heard. Well, he should be. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, know, eventually, I, eventually they're going to put crab legs back in to to wrap up the season, but. Well, and this may be, uh, you know, I, I said uh, I, I told you before the show I don't really have delusional fan of the week. I do have delusional coach of the week. Uh, coach Cutter in the the news conference when he announced that Fist Magic would be playing uh, said, "Hey, we're still in this."
1: <laughs> well, I mean. You know, the funny thing about professional sports is is that they particularly have no excuse for not going all out to win because that's literally their job. Well, yeah, it is. Not just not not just the intramural activity they do for a scholarship. No, that's their actual job. So
0: eh but I'm, I'll, I'll, but I'm sorry they're not still in this. <laughs> well,
1: if you if you saw the Falcons lose to the Browns, then you realize the Tampa Bay Bucks are still in this. Well,
0: yeah, there you go. Because everybody's good.
1: Exactly. So it's time for us to announce our inaugural Libertarian Party Team of the Week. The Libertarian Party Team of the Week is the team that goes into the game with really, really high hopes and almost instantly has them dashed when <laughs> reality sets back in. This week, the Libertarian Party Team of the Week is the University of
0: Colorado Buffalo's uh, football excellent, team. Excellent. Excellent. Yes.
1: After the first quarter, they were leading number eight and Pac-12 leader Washington State 7-0. to They would go on to lose 31-7. to
0: that sounds a lot like those early election returns when the Libertarian yes. Party is all excited because the candidate's got 15%. And at the end of the election, after all the votes are counted, he's at 2%. <laughs>
1: Well, what I always like is is that you know there there will be a straw poll six months out before the actual date of the election or even or even early voting, and you know when I, when accounting for online votes of a lot of neckbeards sitting at their computer, <laughs> when you know when when you're only polling people that haven't voted since 1976, the Libertarian Party candidate gets 11% of the vote. Right. But wouldn't you know it, Mike? I'll be damned if it doesn't come vote day and he gets .7
0: <laughs> that math adds up yeah it, right
1: so with that it's time for us to move on to our most solemnest segments each week yes. in memoriam where we talk about a team or a player or whatever the case may be whose uh, season, career uh, professional life was cut tragically short. in memoriam brought to you by the Auburn Toggers uh, Mike who are you remembering this week
0: well Alan going 2-8 and eight can get you Ooh. fired it can. And the Louisville Cardinals are 2-8. and eight. Ouch. It's not a pretty 2-8 and eight either. In fact, the cards are pretty much every game getting blown out. So, this past week, Bobby Petrino got blown out. After the uh, 54-23 loss at Syracuse, uh, that was the straw that broke the Redbirds back. Now, it's going to cost UofL $14.26 million to make Petrino go away. Apparently, the powers that be think it's worth every penny. Um, Interestingly, this was Bobby's second stint at UofL, you might remember. He left after leading the Cards to the Orange Bowl in 2007 to coach the Atlantic Falcons and to develop quarterback Michael Vick. But Vick was dogfighting, and uh, as was the case at UofL after Lamar Jackson left, Petrino didn't do so good without a superstar QB. So after that, he went to Arkansas, banged a volleyball player, and wrecked a motorcycle before heading back to the Ville. I have a feeling he will not be invited back again.
1: And then this is particularly impressive, I might add. So the Louisville Cardinals, who started the season getting blown out by Alabama, but really, who can fault you for that? Am I right? That's true. They lose 20, by 24 to Virginia. They lose to Florida State only by four, but keep in mind Florida, Florida State's, State's four bad. and six. Yeah, they lost to they lost to a six and four Georgia Tech team by thirty five. Mm-hmm. They lost by eighteen to Boston College. They lost by twenty one to Wake Forest. These are all powerhouse teams. Right. Powerhouse <laughs> teams in college football. They're all good. They played. They finally played a real team, number two, Clemson, and they, they only lost by uh, 61. Hate. <laughs> That's, you know what? I actually – I'm just going to stop there. They also lost by another like 30-something to Syracuse right. just this past weekend. But I, I just want to say real quick, how do you lose by 61?
0: I have no idea.
1: I mean, seriously, if if you and I had to put together a team from our community college here, it was the, you know, the Columbia State community college football team, and we were going to play Alabama this weekend, and they told us they would pay us a million dollars if we didn't lose by 61, don't you think we would just be running draws, taking knees, and punting constantly just to run the clock out?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I just don't know how do you lose by 61. I, I genuinely... Well, so
0: that's why Bobby Petrino is in memoriam this week.
1: So I'm actually going to remember two people: one from the sports world and one from the other world. That's nowhere near as good as sports that we call real life. Nice. In the sport, in the sports world, we're going to remember Dez Bryant. Aww. des Dez Bryant, the forlorn ex wide receiver of the Dallas Cowboys, who for he was not performing at a high enough level to warrant a number one wide receiver contract. So I wasn't that crushed when the Cowboys didn't re-sign him. However, I thought that the Cowboys could have brought him back as recently as 2 or 3 weeks ago under an adjusted contract and I think both sides could have could have moved on. But they didn't and Des Bryant who held out looking for a contender found one in the New Orleans Saints that actually seemed to be a pretty good professional move on his part until in his first week of practice, he tore his Achilles. Yeah. And that's one of those freak things. I actually knew a lot of Cowboys fans who were saying that as, as as much as I wish he were still a cowboy, I hope he does well. I think the saints are primed to make a run. And I'm sure that uh, I'm sure he's going to enjoy catching passes from drew Brees. but it'll have to be next year at the earliest because he won't be playing this season. That's, that's a tough break, I tell you, but I'll tell you what's not a tough break, and that's getting rid of Jeff Sessions.
0: Good riddance.
1: So ex-Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who for my money – and I mean this, by the way. This is not hyperbole. I, I know what you're thinking, Mike. You think, oh, here comes Alan and his ridiculous uh, exaggerations. I actually think Jeff Sessions is one of the worst human beings who's ever lived.
0: I'm not going to argue with that.
1: I, I genuinely do.
0: I'm in agreement. So,
1: I actually had a friend of mine uh, who was uh, texted the the gold standard account of mine, and he and he posted the little link to Jeff Sessions getting fired because he assumes, I guess, that I I don't actually keep up with what's going on in the world, but I do a talk show, and he asked me, Alan, what do you think about uh, about the timing of this decision for uh, or for getting rid of Jeff Sessions by Trump? And my answer to him was, is that the the best possible time to fire Jeff Jeff Sessions would have been never because he should have never been appointed the position. The next best possible time to fire him was every single second since then, and so the next best possible time to fire him was right then. Yeah. As opposed to waiting another minute, so I I will not miss Jeff. So in in some ways so in some ways Jeff actually doesn't belong in immemorial because we're not remembering him. We want him to go away.
0: We do indeed. If you want more Jeff Sessions, you should check out my uh, latest episode of Thoughts from Harry Head. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes links, too. I I gave him the send-off he so much deserves.
1: Yes. Well, as as your and I favorite friend uh, Sherry Voluntary would say, trying to uh, keep the episode as PG as possible, she would always say, uh, Jeff Sessions was an enormous twat. Word. Yeah. So, Mike— Tell me about the next puck to the head.
0: I have a puck to the head for this week, and the puck to the head is going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals for hiring former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson. Yikes. He will reportedly fill an unspecified position at the Bengals. If that position has anything remotely to do with coaching football, the Bengals get a puck to the head. Now, you'll recall from a couple episodes back, we featured Jackson in our In Memoriam, and I noted that he has the second worst win percentage of any coach to have coached more than 40 games in the NFL, except for a former Eagle coach who happened to own the team and couldn't be fired. So, Hugh Jackson should not be coaching, I'm not real sure he should be even coaching peewee football at this point, Cincinnati Bengals, you get a puck to the head.
1: I saw a really funny quote by him. You know, he went on Sports Center or one of those talk shows sh- the week after he got, you know, kicked the bucket. Right. and he he was kind of airing his grievances about the Browns organization and whatnot, like a jilted lover, which by the way, he's really lucky that Marvin Lewis is a friend of his because most people that go on national TV and talk bad about their previous lawyer don't get another job. True but Hugh Jackson did. And, and, and one of the things he said in his little interview was is that you know when when you when you have as many losses as going like 0-16, a lot of people forget you know how to coach. Well, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I swear he actually said that. He actually said when you go 0-16, a lot of people forget you know how to coach. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken.
0: <laughs> you gotta give the guy credit for you know coming out with the with the hard, cold facts. Yeah, yeah, that like is it. true.
1: That is that is probably the best puck to the head.
0: Yeah, I knew you'd like that one.
1: Yeah, you're you're right. I did. And it is time for our week twelve pick 'em. This is this is going to be a fun one. This is going to this this is the prop pick edition. I like. Where this. We're not gonna, we're not going to pick any of the games straight up. We're going to do prop picks for every single one of them. And to be fair, one of the reasons why we're doing that is because when you you, you st- I looked through just the regular schedule for this week and you have a lot of uh, a lot of homecoming games, a lot of huge team number 1 versus Uh, you know, division three and a half team. Right. right. And so it was a little bit slim pickings, but that's okay because we have prop picks. That's what Vegas will find ways to take your money.
0: Absolutely.
1: They will. So we're going to start off with college football with the mighty Citadel traveling to Tuscaloosa (laughs) to take on number one, Alabama. Mike, will this be a shutout?
0: I'm going to say it is going to be a shutout because I think the tide is going to be motivated to get that third straight shutout. So I'm going to say yes.
1: What do you, think? you know what? I'm actually going to say no, and it's going to be based entirely on the fact that we know that this team has had some issues with motivation in the past. This is a team that gave up something like 30 points to Arkansas. Now, granted, they right. scored 65, but that's a lot of points to give up to a really bad team. I think the Citadel could get a chippy field goal. And, of course, if you're the Citadel and you, ha- and you have, have a chance to kick a field goal, you'll take it just to erase that zero.
0: Well, yeah, that's true.
1: And then we move on to Duke, who's ac- who's unranked but th- Duke is not actually a terrible team. So that's it's not fair to say these are all terrible versus good. Duke's at least decent. They're going to be a bowl eligible team. But Duke at number 2 Clemson. Now Duke has played a lot of close games. They've won a few impressive games. Uh I think they most recently beat the Hurricanes. Uh but even in even in a handful of their losses, they typically are always one possession games. Sometimes just last second field goals. Is the margin of victory under four possessions?
0: I'm saying yes. I think that uh, Clemson's going to be looking ahead a little bit. I think, you know, you hear Duke and you and you think, oh, horrible, horrible Duke. And, and like you said, Duke's not a bad team. I've actually watched them play a little bit, and, and uh, they're a competitive team. Uh, I think they can keep that margin under four. What do you think?
1: I agree. I think that it's going to be one of those where it's something like a— you know, I don't know, like a 35 to 10 win where you never felt that Clemson was any, any, in any real danger and they score a bunch of points, but they take their foot off the throttle and Duke can grind it out. I, I You know, Duke will not lose this game by 61 points. No, that won't happen. <laughs> no, I agree. All right i like it so moving on to the nfl minnesota vikings at chicago bears the the mighty chicago bears i might add our friend john's wingle is smiling wherever he is right now does the winner of this game win the nfc north
0: i think it's too early to tell i think it's going to come down to their meeting which happens to be the last game of the season mm-hmm. yes so uh, i i i think that uh this game will tell you something, but I don't think it'll necessarily tell you who is going to ultimately win the NFC North. Looking at both of their schedules, they both have a pretty easy, uh, easy schedule going forward. Although Chicago's got the Rams and uh, Minnesota's got New England, which, well, that may not be that big a deal at this point. But um, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna come down to to being close, and and it's gonna come down to that last game.
1: I'm 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 going to I'm going to cheat right here and I'm going to say if Chicago wins they win the NFC North. If Minnesota wins, we'll have to wait to the last game of the year. That's based on two reasons. One, Minnesota has a tie because special children have ties. <laughs> That's right. And, and Minnesota <laughs> has one. Uh and two, I think Minnesota is more likely to screw it up. I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of the Vikings. I think they were a one-hit wonder and I uh, I think uh I think they will not repeat last year's success in any in any uh, measurable.
0: I've, I've said this before too. I cannot erase from my head the fact that the Buffalo Bills absolutely demolished Minnesota in what was it, week two or three? Yeah, I know that was a long time ago, and it's probably one of those flute games. But I, it's you know, it's like the ugly, fat, naked man at the uh, libertarian convention. You just can't get that image out of your head.
1: Yeah, exactly. I bet he's a Colorado Buffaloes fan. Probably. All right, and our last one for the NFL, Kansas City versus L.A. Rams. Now, this has been a game that people have circled on their schedule for probably a month now, ever since both teams started so hot to to begin the year. Uh, Arguably, Kansas City is the number one team in the AFC at this point. Um, Even though they have the loss to the Patriots, the Patriots are starting to slow down. Kansas City is showing no signs of slowing. Versus the Los Angeles Rams teams that actually has looked a little vulnerable the last few weeks, Squeaked out one against Green Bay, uh, got torched by the Saints, and then squeaked out one against the Seahawks. So those, those are uh, interesting contests. However, I still feel like L.A. Is, the Rams are the most complete team. They just haven't been playing complete football over the last few weeks. So with that said, what is the over-under of the number of teams from this game that make it to the Super Bowl?
0: I'm going with one.
1: Ooh, Who do you think it's going to be?
0: I would say that Kansas City more likely than the Rams because I really like New Orleans right now. Um, I agree with you. I think LA is probably the most complete team, but I just can't necessarily bet against New Orleans right now. So if I was going to set an over/under, I would put it at one. Um, I could see both of the, I could see this being a preview to the Super Bowl, but I could also see a, a Kansas City New Orleans Super Bowl just as easy.
1: Yeah, I could too. So I, I would say that a safe over under would be 1, but but I actually would if I had to put my money out, it, I'd I'd bet the under. I think uh it's it's hard, you know what? It's hard to win a Super Bowl. And, and so that's that's first of all. Well, that's true. And second of all, uh like I said the the LA Rams the last few weeks have looked certainly beatable. They definitely looked beatable 2 weeks ago because yeah. the Saints absolutely torched them. <laughs> yeah. And with and with that game, the road to the Super Bowl is now going through New Orleans until something else happens. And I don't see I don't see any team that's going to go into New Orleans this weekend and knock them off. I really don't. And vice versa, Kansas City for all of their uh, points scored, and 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 they're having an amazing season. Nobody can take that away from them. It's still a rookie quarterback, right? It's still a rookie quarterback who's still bound to hit that rookie wall at some point, right? Um, and they they've also been living a rather charmed life. of They actually are tied for first in the NFL with sacks they've got 31 sacks and so that pass rush in in today's modern high offense NFL if if the offense is scoring a touchdown on two out of every three possessions and then they can get a few QB sacks on the other end they win games right but i think as soon as they run into a team that can give their quarterback a clean pocket and as soon as they run into a team that you know think think of an old school steelers or even patriots for that matter who know how to game plan to confuse a rookie i could see the chiefs hitting the wall
0: you know, it'll be interesting to see that Kansas City pass rush against New Orleans, uh, not necessarily because New Orleans has a, a fantastic offensive line, but just because Drew Brees gets the ball out so fast, you, you very rarely see him get sacked. Yes. So uh, can yes. Kansas City put any pressure on him and, and disrupt uh, – Disrupt. I didn't mean yeah. this week, but, but if it came down to that matchup.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true. I, you know, that that's a particularly interesting matchup because I think that the Saints, the Saints, are one of the few teams that could outscore the Chiefs, um, and I and I feel like that's all the Chiefs have. But we will see. But in the meantime, Mike, what is your upset special?
0: Well, I do have an upset special this week. Um, I don't know what basis I have for this, just other than the fact that I don't think Michigan State is all that good, and I think that after uh coming up short against Ohio State they're just not going to be really into this game. I think Nebraska is going to get a nice win um and knock off Michigan State
1: 21-17. I like it. That that'll be interesting. Nebraska has had a very rough season, but uh Nebraska and UT are both teams where you're you're sort of kind of seeing the team buy in and, and circle the wagons. It only it only took them 10 weeks. Right. But it's better to win in week 10 than to not win at all, right? I think that's what my mom told me. So I'm going to give you a two-time upset special. This is the Wishful Thinking Edition. Are you ready for the I'm, Wishful Thinking Edition? I am. I'm ready. Number eight, Syracuse Orange, are going to be playing number three, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, in Yankee Stadium because reasons. I say the Orange, <laughs> knock them off.
0: I hope so. That would be awesome. Right. Because, we finally, Because we love chaos. Yes, we love
1: chaos. So it'll only have and taken. We hate us Notre a, Dame. Yeah, amen. It'll only have taken us about eleven weeks, but we'll finally get to not talk about Notre Dame anymore. Well, we will talk. We week.
0: will talk about them because we can put them in in uh, in memoriam, maybe.
1: Oh God, that would be so great. They th- so next week in memoriam will be brought to you by the Auburn Tigers, featuring Notre Dame if they lose this week. Love it. Yeah, and and this is wishful thinking number two, and this is just for you, Mike, because you're my friend. Cincinnati, who is a surprisingly oh, yes. good team, I would argue a more well-rounded team than their opponent this week, goes into Orlando and beats the number twelve UCF Golden Knights. Oh
0: yes, please, Jesus, make that happen. I like,
1: like I said, now UCF has an amazing offense and they're they playing do. at home where they haven't lost in like eighteen years. Wow. However, I, I, I genuinely believe Cincinnati is a more well-rounded team than UCF.
0: I like it. Oh, that would make me happy. Th- if both th- of those come, we're gonna have the best sports ball. We'll be like giddy. Yes.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a bonus cast, a bonus uh, episode of Sports Ball next week. That'll just be the uh, the uh, in memoriam edition for all the teams that have lost that we're we're glad to see go. Te- Speaking of teams that we're not glad to see, <laughs> not glad to watch, this week's pillow fight. Bringing back pillow fight. And boy, this is, this might be, this might be the best pillow fight of the season. It, it'll be hard to top. We've got another, what, one or two weeks to go. It'll be hard to top. The one and nine UTEP Miners go on the road into Bowling Green to play the one and nine Western Kentucky Hilltoppers.
0: That's a Mike, burner.
1: Amen. Both of these teams average under 19 points a game on offense and give up over 30 a game on defense on average. So I'll, I'll, it's, it, I don't know if this is technically a part of our pick them se- section, but I'll just go ahead and ask you. So which of these teams, can, which of these teams sticks to their average of 19 and which of these teams gives up their average of 30?
0: Well, I haven't watched either one of these teams for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to have to go with the emotional Homer pick. Uh, mm-hmm. My son almost went to Western Kentucky. It was, it was one of the last two schools he was looking at. He actually chose Northern Kentucky. Uh, no football there. So um, I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers to, to eke out the victory in this one.
1: You know what? In in future seasons of sports ball, hopefully we're we're still doing this in the future and, and we're huge successes. Maybe we're syndicated on national TV before you even know it. Right. I, there's two suggestions I have for when we have a million-dollar budget for the show. The first one is is we should call a couple of games a week. We should call whatever the game of the week is, Absolutely. which is a huge contest, right. and we should call the pillow fight each week. <laughs> <laughs> just because I think it would be fun, and I think, and I'm going to take UTEP just because you took Western Kentucky, okay. and I also think that if in the future we're calling the pillow fight of the week, we should have a jersey. So you should actually have a Western Kentucky jersey, and I should have a UTEP Miners jersey.
0: Definitely, and and we should, like, bop each other with pillows. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean it should be if a literal, literal pillow fight.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. You you get to hit the other person with a pillow when your team scores. And so in this particular game, we just won't use our pillows until right. overtime.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Someone has to kick a field goal in overtime to win the game. It's Indeed. just yeah, it has to happen. So we're going to finish this week with a lightning round. This lightning round is for Mike Maharry. I, I I did I did last one, so this one's yours. Yep. Question number one. We're doing your wheelhouse. NHL. NHL standings. Eastern Metro versus Western Pacific, which is the least
0: good? They're both good. They're both good. <laughs> They're both good. <laughs> Actually, I had to cipher on this a little bit. Um, I think I think the Metropolitan is the least bad. Uh, I think there's there are more teams in that division that are when it gets to the end of the season are going to come out on top. I mean, you've got, you've, you've still got pit, the pins, you've still got the caps, which right now are down towards the the bottom of the, of that division. But I don't think that'll be the case once we get to the end of the end of the season, the pins, this is the way the pins operate. They suck the first couple of months of the year and then become incredible and make the playoffs and then make a playoff, a uh, playoff run to, the stanley cup finals and then the caps i think i think they're still hung over from their stanley cup victory uh you know Ovechkin's still pop an aspirin and uh the rest of the team is is still detoxing after uh you know two months straight of drinking so i is think that, both, is that what i
1: think is that what they is that what they call it nowadays aspirin yeah,
0: yeah i don't i don't know what the lingo is on the street right so uh you know right now they're at the bottom the devil's I think they're underperforming right now. They were a playoff team last year. They're better than their 6-8 record. Uh you go over and you look at the uh you look at the Pacific. You've got the very surprising uh Canucks that are leading that division. That's a really really young team. Um and they shouldn't be there, but you kind of look through the rest of it and it's a lot of mediocrity there. I think the Sharks are probably better than they've been playing. The Ducks are better than they've been playing. Uh other than that everybody else is good. So I think overall, I think overall your uh, your Eastern Metro is probably a better conference than the Western Pacific. But right now, there's just a lot of mediocrity in both.
1: Just, just for our listeners at home that aren't looking at the standings, the reason why that's the question of the week for the NHL is because both the Metro and the Pacific currently have division leaders with a negative goal differential. That's the, the further – you know what? It'll be – we should revisit this maybe in a month because we're still early in the year. Right. How far into the season can we go and have a division leader with a negative goal differential?
0: I don't – I can't see that lasting. I, I actually
1: genuinely hope that come – February, one of them still does.
0: (laughs) Just just, Just because.
1: Yeah, just because. Question number two, is John Gruden the worst hire of current sitting NFL head coaches? And I'm going to add a caveat to that. Maybe your answer was going to be yes. Maybe it was going to be no because it's still young in his tenure. But I do want to remind you, he's a $100 million man.
0: I was going to say yes. I didn't even have to think about it. I mean (laughs) – chucky ball is an unmitigated disaster and and chucky is an unmitigated disaster and, and not only are they not performing on the field not only do you have john gruden complaining about not having a pass rush when he let go the best pass rusher in the nfl uh there's apparently locker room divisions i mean he wasn't he wasn't three weeks into the season that he was already bad mouthing his quarterback this is this is modus operandi john gruden uh yeah the the Oakland slash Nevada Raiders are going to rue the day that they dumped $100 million on Chucky.
1: I agree 1,000%. And so we'll end on this one. Now, we've predicted earlier in this episode that the Syracuse Orange would knock off the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And the Michigan Wolverines, don't listen, Dennis, if you're listening. They do still have a game with Ohio State. So the question, does the SEC get two teams into the college football playoff?
0: I don't think the SEC gets two teams in unless Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game. I think if if Georgia knocks off Alabama, then, then I think yes. Otherwise, I think that the committee is going to put Oklahoma in, assuming that everybody wins out. Uh, I would say mm-hmm. that the committee is going to put Oklahoma in instead of having two SEC teams.
1: Now let, me, now, let me ask you this. I'm just going to – the reason why I asked that question that, – now, you know me. I, I don't even consider four teams to be a playoff. I think that's a joke. Right. I think it should be eight, 12, 16 teams. I, I really think it should. Um, other divisions of football are able to do it, and yet they still have class and they still give out diplomas. So I, I, I don't think the argument of, oh, it cuts into academics, we all know that's a crock. Right. It's, it's
0: all about tradition.
1: Yeah, it's all about tradition. So my question is, uh, does the SEC get two teams in the College Football Playoff? I think the easier answer is no. However, if if there are no other upsets, if Notre Dame stays unbeaten, if Michigan beats Ohio State, if Clemson wins out, if Georgia beats Alabama, does Georgia get in and Alabama drop out?
0: I don't. It, I don't see how you drop Alabama out.
1: If you don't drop Alabama out, then if you're Georgia, why even bother showing up to the SEC title game?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> pride, and- pride—it's also- Bulldog pride, baby. Bulldog pride.
1: You know what? Sure, why not? We'll we'll go with that. I think that's as there's good a of
0: lot it. of Bulldog pride. I saw a lot of Bulldog pride when I was in at my mom's. She lives in. Uh, Amelia Island, which is as far north in Florida as you can get. Like, you can go to the end of her island and throw a rock into Georgia. So the vast majority of college football fans on Amelia Island seem to be Georgia Bulldog fans. And I was out uh, walking, and I have never seen so many wannabe bike racers who wannabe bike racers for the Georgia Bulldogs. Like, they were all wearing the spandex Georgia Bulldog biking outfits. And let me just say that once you're over a certain age, you should not wear the spandex biking outfits, even if it is advertising your Georgia fandom. So I'll just leave that there.
1: And so because of that, that is Meharry's reasoning for why Georgia doesn't get into the playoffs. Exactly,
0: <laughs> I think it all checks out.
1: Well you know me i I am an agent of chaos such as I am yes, you and are. I'm all and, and I always want the maximum amount of uh, of ridiculous results to happen just to make the system look re- as ridiculous as I believe it is and so this is what I would love to see happen I would love to see Georgia beat Alabama in the SEC championship game and then either have no other upsets which means uh and as, as of this writing uh, no, Georgia's fifth They're the first team out. Yeah. If they beat Alabama and don't get into the top four, having just beaten the number one team, I think you're going to have some pretty mad Bulldogs fans. I think they have every right to be angry. Um, Vice versa. Uh, Remember, LSU only dropped to seventh with their loss to Alabama. Uh, So they only have Georgia, Oklahoma ahead of them in the current top four. Let's say Alabama beats Georgia easily and Georgia so that's Georgia out of it. Let's say Oklahoma loses another game. The next team out then becomes LSU. So and then again you have then the exact same conversation. What if a Clemson, Notre Dame, or Michigan loses at the very end of the season? Would they get jumped by a set by a two loss LSU team, or would they lose and literally not even move in the standings? That's
0: a good question. I mean, if you're asking me, I think Notre I don't think Notre Dame should be in there in the first place. Well, of course. But but you know, given the dynamics of the of the the playoff committee, I don't see how they I don't see how they move I don't know. I love I love the chaos because because everybody would have a gripe. And and a right to complain, a right to be angry. And then I I'll just add this: your upset of UCF, notwithstanding, you know you're going to have the night fans. Uh, you know they want their shot. They they want their back-to-back national championships too. So, you know, undefeated team.
1: Well, I now I know how you feel about UCF because you're such a South Florida homer. But yeah, I, I would argue, them. I know. Yes, yes, Mike, blood pressure. Help, help me out okay. here. Okay. Right. But I would argue that there's no particular reason why Notre Dame should be uh, nine spots ahead of UCF.
0: Yeah, At that, least UCF is in
1: a conference.
0: Well, yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: You know, they, they actually play a conference championship game. So they'll. So I don't care who they play. They'll actually have to win another one that Notre Dame won't have to play because they get to uh, tour the country playing the Sisters of the Poor, as Ohio State used to say, right. and then uh, waltz their way into the, the college football playoff. I think that's BS. Yeah. So, so we both agree that Notre Dame shouldn't be there, but it's going to be an interesting last couple of weeks, and it'll be an interesting uh, conference title week. Because you will have some of these teams facing off against other top five to ten teams within the next couple of weeks, even if it's the conference title games. Right. And you have you abs- and of course, the teams that don't make their conference title, such as say an LSU, uh, for in in a weird sort of way, they're shielded from that potential high ranking loss. Whereas teams like Michigan, Oklahoma, Clemson, uh, Alabama, Georgia will all still have a high ranking opponent left at the end of their schedule. A lot of those teams could lose. Some of them will, cause some of them play each other, right? It'll be interesting. It, you have three, nine and O teams right now. Well, and UCF is undefeated as well, but you have three, well, 10 and no teams now at the t- at number one's two and three in the rankings. Um, it's possible that at least one of them lose and the next three or four teams that are all at one loss, except for LSU who has two, but, uh, will not play another major opponent the rest of the season. Uh, Some of those teams also play each other, and it's quite likely uh, that one or more of them will lose. So, again, if the top four all win, this is a moot point. If two or three of them lose and the next two or three win out and you have uh, eight or nine one-loss teams, some of them having just beaten other ones, it'll be really hard for the NCAA to justify an SEC champion one-loss Georgia missing the college football playoff over – and over a one loss SEC runner up Alabama that they
0: just beat. I like the chaos.
1: I do. See, this is what the NCAA would say though, right? They would say, Don't you, don't you, don't you love the intrigue? Don't you love the excitement at the end of the year? And I'd say, actually, kinda no. I would rather the teams be able to demonstrate who's the best and be awarded for it. But that's just me.
0: Well, yeah, that's crazy talk right there. Yeah. Because so I, then what would we have to banter about?
1: This is true. I'm I'm I I definitely celebrate UCF hanging their next national championship banner. That's you know what that's going to be my lightning round for like a month from now is if UCF finishes undefeated, should they hang a second back-to-back national championship banner?
0: No, that's retarded. Well, on that note, thank you
1: so much for listening Uh, to this week's Sports Ball.
0: I've got one more thing.
1: Oh, one more thing.
0: One more thing. One Meharry thing. I have to give a shout out to my University of South Florida Ice Bulls, the USF Ice Hockey team. The first rankings came out, and they are ranked number two in the American Collegiate Hockey Association D3 uh, Southeast Division rankings. So go Bulls.
1: That – that's uh, progress that was built on the back of hard work like uh, student-athletes like Mike Meharry. Am I correct in that? That's
0: exactly right.
1: Yes. Uh, Whatever happened to
0: him? Did he go on to the NHL? (laughs) He went on to get hip arthritis. Yeah,
1: well, don't – you know what? Don't you worry because everyone who made it to the NHL over you will be enjoying hip arthritis in like another 10 years anyway.
0: (laughs) That's true. All right,
1: so so. – yeah. On that note, thank you so much for listening to Sportsball again this week. You can find us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. We're a proud product of Little L Productions, along with such other fine programs as the Sherry Voluntary Show, Postcards from Somalia, uh, Godarchy with Mike Meharry, which is – I think they've doubled their episodes since the last time we talked.
0: We have another episode coming out Friday.
1: That's right. And the gold standard with Alan Mosley. You can get us online, which at sportsballpodcast.com, as well as social media, which is facebook.com slash sportsballpodcast.
0: And if you go to sportsballpodcast.com, you'll not only find all of our episodes, you'll also find an article by me and Alan's money picks, which didn't turn out so good this week, but you'd still be up shirts.
1: You'd still you'd still be way up, even though we live in a world where the Patriots can't beat the Titans and a a number 11th ranked team from a state north of us can't beat the Volunteers. Yeah, I just want to I just want to mention we talked about this really quick before. This is this is the point where the music's already fading out. So no one's listening anyway. And so (laughs) I know I know that you've already cut my mic, but I just want to point out Kentucky has not beaten UT in Knoxville since I was born. That's true. And you know what? This was kind of the year to break that, so yikes.
0: The last time that the University of Kentucky won at Neyland Stadium, or in Knoxville at all, was Neyland Stadium built then? Yes. Okay. Well, the last time that happened, I was a senior in high school. Yeah.
1: So, none too recent, No. I think it's fair to say.
0: Now the music's going to start. Isn't yeah. It? Oh, and, and the show's going
1: to end. Now the music's starting and the show's going to end. Yes. As long as you got our little quip in there about NASCAR, I'm happy.
0: Oh, it'll be there. See us next week. You've been listening to Sportsball with Mike Meharry and Alan Mosley. You can follow us on Facebook and leave comments, suggestions, Just go to at sportsballpodcast. That's at sportsballpodcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.